Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be, and thanks for tuning in to the Visual Lounge. I'm Matt Pierce. I'm your host for our live streams and our podcast. So grateful that you're here with us. I hope you are getting a lot of great information from our previous shows. Today, we are going to be talking about something I think is on the mind of everyone. If you haven't had been to this point yet, I'm sure you'll be there soon with the world health pandemic, the, the need for remote communication has grown exponentially, right? Like if you were a remote worker before, you might be now. If you weren't thinking about how to communicate remotely before, well, of course you have to in much many more ways than we ever have before. So it's essential that we figure this out. And our guest today is going to help us to think through some of the things we're going to be talking to him. He's got a lot of experience and a lot of expertise in this area. And so we're going to dive into our show today. With that, let me let me do our introductions here. Jesse Leahy is, uh, uh, is a consultant, speaker, and author of over with over 25 years of experience in leadership and workforce communication. See, I told you he's perfect for this. He served as an HR communication leader at a Fortune 500 manufacturer with nearly 20,000 employees worldwide. He's had some experience with remote communication, I'm guessing. Since 2004, he has been a co-founder and strategic partner of Workforce Communication, a team of consultants helping organizations enhance the performance and well-being of their people. He hosts a podcast, Engaging Leader, downloaded millions of times by leaders around the world since 2012. With that said, we'd like to welcome Jesse Leahy to the Visual Lounge. Hey, Jesse, welcome. Hey, Matt. Thanks for inviting me to join you today. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. You know, it's interesting. I, I get the chance to introduce a lot of people, but it only ever says about this much about you. Why don't you go ahead and take a second, introduce yourself to us for, for our audience sake. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say I'm very excited to be here. I've been using TechSmith products for about 20 years now. It was like right around 2000 or 2001 when uh, this guy that I worked with that I admired a lot did something really cool. And I said, how did you do that? And he <laughs> showed me this thing called Snagit. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So really, uh, really um, pumped about the, the chance to connect with you and your audience today. Absolutely. My story is uh, I've worked for several, worked several years at large management consulting firms, and then a few years as an HR communication leader at a global company. And then I founded a, a boutique consulting firm that focuses on workforce communication. And my personal passion is the intersection of business savvy, creativity, and especially communication. And applying that like virtuous trifecta to to help improve a company, both in terms of their business results and their people, their their well-being, their growth, uh, their happiness. And I get geeky about the power of communication to do good in the world. Um, As you mentioned, our company is called Workforce Communication at WorkforceCommunication.com. And we're a team of strategists and creatives using the power of communication to help 
CEOs and other leaders improve the performance and well-being of their people. So we, we help with the communication strategy that's both like on-site and remote. Um, and we offer creative services like graphic design and writing and, and digital production to bring those strategies to life. Well, that's awesome. And I have to ask, so I'm thinking as you're going through and talking about this experience you had, did, did the health pandemic throw you guys for a loop too in terms of communication? Did it make it challenging or was that, were you guys like, we've been prepared, we've been building our whole life for this moment? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yes and no. It was, it's a, it was both in. Yes, it was uh, more of the same stuff that we've been doing on an increasing basis. And, um, and, and our team is virtual, so that helped that we, our, our team is spread around the country. We've already been working internally, remotely with each other. But it, it was challenging the sheer um, need that we had at clients that weren't yet operating that way. But also really nice because suddenly things that we'd been telling clients and advising them, like, you know, the world is changing. You're going to need to do things more this way. All of a sudden, boom, we were there. So... Um, the need to connect with people better, especially remotely, is greater than ever. Yeah, I would imagine it just it took everything you've probably been working for and put it on a rocket ship and just kind of like, yeah, those things we've been saying that were going to happen for years. Well, now here they are, because I, I know we feel that way. Like we've been talking about and I know I've got a, a couple of people who have said this before on the show, like, oh, it's the year of the video. Well, it's been the year of the video since 2016, <laughs> but 2020 kind of felt like, yeah. Video's got it's 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 here. We're all going to be on video now. So I think it's it's awesome to hear that like to see those things come to fruition. But I, I'm guessing there's a lot of folks in our audience or who will eventually listen to this or hear this that they're they're still struggling with the need to figure out how to communicate better now that they're maybe not in the office and and still who knows when we'll go back in the office, right? Like that's. Maybe never, um, but I, I, I'd like to have our conversation. I want to talk about how how can we help people to start getting better at this process of communicating now that we're not you know able to sit with each other all the time or we're not you know kind of physically present. Yeah, I think it starts with an intentionality, and um, that really starts with the idea of strategy and communication strategy simply means ordered planning. Strategy is the process of clear thinking in a particular order to make plans to accomplish a specific outcome. I think that's the best place to start. And I love how Fred Garcia, who's a communication professor at NYU, he kind of simplifies this strategic process. And he says, you need to have clarity about the situation as it presents itself, the goal that you're trying to accomplish, and the means by which you're going to accomplish that goal. Oh, that that makes a, that makes a lot of sense, and I I'm thinking from this intentionality standpoint. I mean, that makes so much sense, right? Like that's kind of basic. It seems so basic, but I wonder how, if you're uncertain. Let's say you're in a business and you're kind of uncertain. Like, oh gosh, am I being intentional? How how do you how do you start moving in that direction so that you can make sure your communications are more intentional? Because I'm thinking we probably do it a lot more than we think, but it's it's more intuitive or less of a, I'm not thinking about it. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, one of the challenges as a leader is, or any kind of communicator is we've been communicating our whole life. And so we think we're really good at it. Maybe we actually think we're better than it than we are. So we're sort of like the old West gunslinger who, and we, we you know, we just want to shoot from the hip. 
And uh, you actually need to take time to aim, uh, know what your target is, and uh, be a little bit, a little bit, uh, plan a little bit ahead. And um, otherwise, you know, it's we have this natural tendency to sort of skip the planning process and jump right into the tactics. Well, let's we got we had this problem came up. Um, let's hurry up, make a video and solve it. Um, let's fire off an email, tell people this problem is happening. Let's tell them don't do that. And the, just like, you know, shooting a gun from the hip, um, skipping the strategy means missing, often missing opportunities to actually engage people well. And it also can create unintended negative consequences. For example, it's amazing how many times somebody fires off an email and it ha- they don't realize it, but has mixed messages in it. And so where you'd like to be, have people get clarity on a topic, you've actually created confusion, or maybe you, you're hoping uh, to earn their trust on something, but you actually create uh, mistrust. Uh, maybe you're, ho- you're hoping to you know, get nudge people towards some helpful behaviors, and you actually uh, can create inertia, apathy, or maybe even active resistance. Wow. I, I, I'm checking the boxes as you go through this, like, oh, I've done that. Oh, oh, I've done that. <laughs> you know, so it's a laundry list of things we shouldn't do. I'm, I'm curious, Jesse, from your perspective, let's say, and I'm not asking for free consulting here, uh, but I, I think it would be helpful <laughs> if we, we talk through this a little bit. Let's, so let's say I'm that leader or that individual and I'm going to start thinking more intentionally and I'm trying to avoid the things that you just said. Um, you, you mentioned we need to have a strategy here. So what might I do at this point if I'm if I'm thinking, okay, I need to communicate better. I need a strategy. That's what I'm hearing. How do I go about creating that strategy? Like, is there a process I could go through? Is there are there steps I can take that would help me to do that? Um, and I can I could probably think of a thousand different examples where I might want to do this, but uh, we can we can talk higher level of, uh, if that helps. Yeah, the the cheat sheet that I usually use, and it works for both big scope issues as well as, you know, just simple stuff is a, a, a framework that we call the 5M framework. And the, where that comes from is, um, you know, the 3M, the company that makes post-it notes and scotch tape. Um, well, we decided we needed, we, we needed to go two better than 3M. So we made 5M. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And, uh, you know, they're sticky. We want to be even stickier with, uh, with our communications. So the first M and, uh, that you want to think about is what is the mission that we're trying to accomplish with this. Um, and by that, I mean, what are the specific business outcomes that this communication needs to achieve? Now, last time on the Visual Lounge, you hosted a great session with Ajay Pangarker about why you need to understand the business outcomes of your organization. And you know, communicating with your workforce or your um, or training an audience is first and foremost a way to achieve your organization's overall purpose and specific business goals. So the first down mission, what are we, what's our target? What, what specific business outcomes does this communication or training need to achieve? The second, that's the first M. The second M is members. Who are our specific audiences or stakeholders? What do we know about them as individuals, uh, as an organization? What's their culture? What's their history? Uh, what are the current dynamics as relates to this issue? So that's members. And then the third M is messages. What are the key things we want to, uh, people to know, to believe, or to do? You know, if, if there's an outcome that we're trying to accomplish, that means we're trying to get people to change a behavior, to do something, or to say something, or to believe something differently. So can we capture that 
in some key messages. And especially can we do that, um, what we would call the, the narrative, like the narrative for change. What's, what's that story look like? Um, so that's the, that's the third M. The fourth M is media. This is the one that most people just immediately jump to. <laughs> so what are right. the communication channels? We need a video. We need a, a poster. Um, we need an email. So what, what are the, the communication channels, the content? Also, who are the spokespeople that are going to best connect with your audience? How, you know, and, and is that, are they, are those real life people in your company? Is it a character that you're going to create? Is it a, an example customer? Um, who's, who are going to be the voices? And, and when you think about this media, how are you going to compete with things like social media and the rumor mill? Both, both have a lot of, just carry instant credibility and are very distracting to people. So just got to think about what media you choose. Ideally, you're going to do multiple ways, just like, you know, this this broadcast that you're doing, we're putting it on multiple platforms, LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook, and because everybody is not everywhere. And so we, so we want to hit people at least three different places that increases credibility if, we, if they hear it in three different places. Um, and then the last M is manager or champion support. So the managers in your organization, they're key influencers. And how, how do we help them make this a success? Can we help them help us? And a lot of people, a lot of times we just forget about that altogether. Um, but if we can think about those five M's, the mission, the members, the messages, the media, and the managers or other champions, um, whether it's a complex situation or simple, you know, it may, you, you may spend weeks on the planning process, but at least spend a few minutes in each of those areas, even for a simple communication. And, and you're a lot more likely to actually achieve your objective as opposed to being disappointed. Yeah, no, I, you know, uh, first of all, credit to you. I think you're the first guest to reference another guest on the Visual Lounge. So that's fantastic. <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, and Ajay did have a lot of great business stuff that, that they added. But I, I love this because I think, first of all, you've, you've obviously spent your time creating a message that is memorable. And it was w- worthwhile that I wrote it down on a sticky note. Um, <laughs> It, but but I love this thinking, right? Because it, it so my background is, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, is more in the training world, creating training. But these things apply, and and I, and I look over my career, and the trainings that I've created, the social media that I've created, the video, like I can see how these apply in all those places. And you said something I thought was really interesting that most people jump to the media. And I'll be really honest, as a company that creates a media tool or media tools really with Snagit and Camtasia, guilty as charged, right? It's so easy to say, we're gonna make a video. Um, And while I think there's value in understanding that you can make a video, um, it's really interesting these other pieces because I, I, and I I think it's so, for instance, the fact that you, you know, thinking about the stakeholders and, you know, whether those are the external audience or internal audience or whoever it might be really resonated with me. Um, and then, you know, you're thinking about what that message is. It's it all. So I, I think my point here being, it's, it's just, this is it, so simple. Like it, this is not complex, but the way that you've, you brought it to light, I feel like if you're listening to this right now and you don't have the five M's, it is members, messages, media, uh, sorry, mission members, messages, media managers, memorize that and start applying it to the things that you're doing. And, and so you mentioned that obviously this makes sense for big scale things, right? You've got a major announcement, a major thing you're going to do. Can we talk through maybe if it's a smaller thing, like 
How do you balance the time? Because I could feel like this, the, the, the downside might be that I spend time on the five M's, but I never really get to sending the message. <laughs> Does that, is, that a, yeah. is that something to challenge you come across or it is, with? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, I like to say, you know, if it's a really big scope, sure, the com- you know, companies will spend weeks creating the perfect strategy or as close to perfect as they can get. But if you can even spend one or two minutes in each of those areas. So, for example, I, you, know, you admitted you're kind of quick to jump to the, you know, let's make a video or, or whatever the, the media is. I'm, I tend to be quick to jump to the message. What are we going to say? And um, just so when that's fine, I mean, you want to think through that stuff in the right time, but just take one step back and, and, you know, again, it's that, that order is helpful. So just spend even a minute, like, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? Um, So even if it's just a minute and, and especially if we can write it down, write down, reduce something to writing um, adds a lot of clarity and simplification and avoids confusion. And then, you know, you can share it with someone else on your team and say, Hey, are we, is, do we have the same goal here? Are we after the same? Because it's really surprising when uh, how often people are not on the same page in preparing any kind of uh, campaign or communication. And then that second part about just thinking about the audience and what's the culture, what, what are the issues that are affecting them? It, those two things alone, if you just, again, just take a minute, get into the head of who we're actually communicating to. There's different tools. Um, one of my favorite is uh, an empathy map that is, is quick and you can do it just by yourself or with a team to spend 15 minutes. Um, it's basically, uh, and, and you can Google, people can Google it. Um, there's lots of examples of, a, of a, an empathy map out there, but basically you, you draw a picture of a person on a, on a whiteboard and you just say, who is this, who is this uh, the primary um, audience here? What do they look like? What do we know about them? And just add some post-it notes on that. Um, here's things we know about that. Now, if it's a little bit more complicated, we do what's called a stakeholder analysis. And instead of just one audience, we want to make sure are we thinking about all the audiences. Okay, so we know that we have, you know, this group of hourly employees at this location uh, that is going to be affected by this change. What? Who else is affected? Well, you know, there's also their supervisors. There's um, the salaried employees at that location. Is that the only location, or are there others? Are there, are there, what language do they speak there? Are they only, are they English only or are there other languages? Are their spouses going to be affected? And so, and so we would, again, like on a whiteboard, just draw a circle and put one, one audience in a circle. And then we would draw a line and, and, and put another audience in a circle and just think about them a little bit and who else is affected that we're not thinking of. Cause you know, when you point out, let's say the salaried employees, it, it's going to jog your thinking. Oh yeah, but there's not just salaried employees. You know, the IT people have their own complete agenda about this. And so we got to think, we got to handle them a little bit carefully. And, oh, what about this type of employees? You know, we're, let's say we're at a, a health system. Our physicians are very different types of employees than, let's say, the custodians. Um, and so they think about things differently and they might need a separate strategy. So again, it can be, Really quick, you could spend a minute if it's something simple. You could spend 15 minutes if it's a, it's a bit bigger or, or, or longer. But just taking a little bit of time in each of those five areas really sets you up a lot better for success. Yeah, I love it. I love that you're, you are you are still pulling in visuals with your like your empathy map and trying to kind of get... I would imagine that kind of sets the thinking, right? You're trying to envision 
who it is, rather than just being like, I'm thinking about a person, it kind of forces you to say like, no, these are real people that are gonna be affected by whatever it is I'm communicating. It might be a, a good message, a bad message, a neutral message, but they're going to be impacted by receiving that message. So I, I, I really I really do love that. Um, so, so Jesse, as, as you've been thinking through this communication stuff, you know, we, we've got our five M's. We're, so we're starting to set up some strategy, kind of thinking about how we're gonna communicate, you know, planning it out. Let's say we, we've taken our time to do that. What's, what do you recommend as kind of the next steps? We've listed out our five M's. We understand that we're ready to move forward. Where do we go from, from here? Yeah, then it comes down to execution. Are we going to execute well on that strategy? And especially in this new world of with remote communication being so important, um, we've got a short, simple model called the SBS that is helpful in terms of executing. Um, it works for on-site as well as remote employees, but it is, uh, and other audiences like like customers. But it's a uh, SBS is uh, it stands for simple visual stories, and they're very effective to increase the the um, increase how well your whether it's videos or graphics or written materials, how well those connect with people and inspire trust and drive action, and so. Um, those three words, simple, visual, and story, each have some specific meaning that attach um, to themselves. And I can kind of break each of those down if you'd like. Yeah, I'm just posting in the, the chat that we've got those. So simple, visual stories. And I would love to know, yeah, how do we, how do we, what does that really mean for, yeah, for anyone okay. that's trying to communicate? So if we just start with, with the simple part, there's, there's three things to keep in mind what we mean by simple. One is short two is purposeful, and three is well-crafted. So short, the shorter the better, all else being equal, a 90-second video will be viewed and remembered more than a three-minute video. And ditto for an email with three paragraphs versus 20 paragraphs. Um, so shorter the better, but I think it was uh, maybe Einstein said, you know, you wanna make things as simple as possible and no simpler. So there is a point, <laughs> you don't just do some, a, a five second video for the sake of it, um, but just how short can we get this and still accomplish our, our goal? It's going to end up being viewed and remembered uh, a lot more um, consistently. And then the second thing is purposeful. So we talked a bit you know, about business outcomes and, and that, that the first time was mission. So this is where we apply the mission. Be you know purposeful, be very clear about what outcomes we're seeking? Who are our target audiences? What actions do we want people to take? Uh, what feelings and beliefs do you want to stimulate? So if I had to take, you know, purposeful and break it down the three things, you know, what actions, what feelings and what beliefs are we hoping this is going to prompt in our audience? And then the third is, uh, for simple is well-crafted. So just, are you gonna do a good job with it? You know, words matter, <laughs> the specific words. Um, and, and, the, and the right messages, what they do is they trigger worldviews and they prompt reactions. So if we can use, you know, crisp words, if we can use um, well, just well-crafted in general, and then design matters, you know, anything visual, um, the, the, the right graphical construction will invite the brain to pay attention and it's going to help people digest the information. 
Yeah, uh, so these are these are really good. And I, to your point about shorter, we talk a lot about on this program and other places around TechSmith the the length of videos, right? That you you brought up, and uh, I've been saying this a lot this last month. It's it's as short as possible, but long as needed, right? Like yeah, five seconds if that's all you needed. And we actually have a there's a really great example Super Bowl ad. Reddit purchased a five second Super Bowl ad that was just a PNG image. That if you if you're a TiVo user or whatever tool, to, to pa- you could pause and you could read these like paragraphs, basically uh, based on if, if we're gonna kind of date ourselves here with the timing. But the things that have been happening in the stock market, uh, Reddit users driving up. So interestingly enough, they they said five seconds was enough that because people would stop, pause, read it, and talk about that's all they could afford or whatever. And so it's interesting, five seconds, but like. For most of us, five seconds isn't enough. You can't explain, <laughs> can't explain anything in five seconds. Um, but, but you also, if if you can, they could do it in five seconds. They didn't need twenty minutes. They didn't have to buy, spend. How much does a Super Bowl ad cost for, you know, millions of dollars to get a sixty-second spot or a thirty-second spot? So I, I love that idea because it ties in so much with what we're doing. And then the well-crafted and and correct me if I'm wrong here. But it doesn't mean it has to be the best quality. It just means it has to be good enough and it needs to, it has to fit with whatever the message is versus, you know, I don't have to go pay for Hollywood if, if I don't need Hollywood quality. Does that make sense? That's right. Yeah. I, I liken it to, um, if you've ever heard, well, so I've been a lifelong, my whole career I've focused in communication. And yet when I stand up to speak to an audience, I'm not a perfect speaker. Like I, I sometimes people will say, you use a little too many ums and uhs. <laughs> and like, yes, I'm sure I could get better. But I, I basically, you know, I, I, I prepare ahead enough and I practice enough so that it's um, I'm comfortable and it's natural and it can come from the heart. I'm not I'm probably never going to be that super slick uh, communicator. At some point it was good enough. And people uh trust what I'm saying. I have some credibility. They can see, hear my heart. They can understand what's in my head and that's good enough. But, um, it doesn't do serve me well to just to get super slick. Cause then I'll just come across. As well, well, I love that. It's who you are. Right. And I think, I think especially it seems like maybe the pandemic has softened us a little bit that like a dog barks in the background, there's a kid or you, um, in awe a little bit that seem like I remember probably 10 years ago, I would have told you, Oh, that's bad. That's real. You know, we don't got to really cut that out. And some cases you don't want it. Like, you know, you're pre-recording something you, and it's supposed to be like a tutorial. You don't want to distract. But I think in many cases it would feel almost absent. It's like when you, if you ever walked into a room where there's no noise and it feels like this is weird, there's something's missing. There's just not the ambient sound. And if you didn't have an occasional, um or ah uh, or processing thought kind of word. Um, I, I first of all I would be in trouble because that's how I talk all the time. Same thing. <laughs> I speak a lot, and it's but it's the, but again I think it goes to your point that it's the the heart and the mind, right? Like you're you're still able to feel that connection, and that you're I love that that you're still able to understand clearly what's what's on your mind or what what it is you're trying to convey. So that's a lot yeah. for just. Uh, the first one for simple. Yeah, for simple. <laughs> yeah, short, purposeful, and well crafted. And I'm I'm curious, Matt. Do you have any? Have you noticed anything in your data as far as the length of videos or podcasts? Uh, whether it affects um, how much, how many people view it or listen to it? 
Yeah, we actually, well, we have some research, not specifically about ours, and I can talk about our data a little bit, but uh, we did some research viewer preferences, and it was interesting in that data. Now, it's getting a little bit old, and 2020, of course, kind of skews everything. Uh, it was from the end of 2018, and we found that for instructional videos in particular and informational videos, the preferred length of videos was between four and like nine minutes. Now there's actually two columns there, so but th they were like both 26% of the people. So half of the people were saying they actually preferred longer videos in, when it was instructional or informational. And what I think that tells me is, one, I think video for video in particular, it's becoming much more accepted as a medium, right? Like you're willing to commit more to video as a medium. But two, people are really in it for the information. If you've ever watched a video that was short, but it didn't tell you anything, it's it's just as frustrating as it is if it's too long and it didn't tell you anything. That might, maybe that's a little, still a little bit more frustrating, but it's finding that balance, like, because some content, some information, you just, going back to what we said earlier, you just can't convey fast enough. Like you can't, or if you were to go faster, it would actually be a disservice. So that's, I think, one piece. The other thing I'll say is with video in particular, and podcasts, is, it's a little bit harder to know. If you watch my video, but you only watch 30 seconds of it, should I be devastated? It depends. <laughs> Maybe if that if that entire thing had to be watched for context, understanding, then yeah, we've got a problem. But when it comes to the things that I focus on with learning content, if you watch 30 seconds of a video, I, what I don't know, and this is one of the, maybe the problematic areas, this type of communications, I don't know if that's what you needed or you just didn't get what you, you were finding that it wasn't for you. But what if it did solve your problem? Like I've, I've done plenty of home repairs where I've had to look at something and it's like, oh, that's, I don't need this. I don't, I'm already past that step. I just need to know what do I do here? And I only watch that little piece of the video because that solves my problem. And in that case, I, I'm a consumer, but that creator should be very proud that they helped me. That's because that's what I wanted. So I think there's a couple of different ways to look at it. But um, I think obviously you're going to see more drop off the longer you get. You know, if you got a 30 minute video, like our show today will be, you know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes or something like that. People aren't going to stay. They're going to watch a one minute, two minute, three minutes, and hopefully they stay and get more for the viewers that are watching. But uh, so I think it affects differently. Uh, but relevance is key here. Are, is the message relevant throughout? You, are you getting nuggets out of it and going? So it kind of, I think it goes back to what you're saying about your strategy. What's our goal? What, what are the things that we're trying to plan for? Um, but if I was telling you how to stay safe, uh, I worked at a pharmaceutical company. So like what to do if there's an acid cloud, if you didn't watch that entire video and there's an acid cloud, bad, this is bad. But if you, you know, <laughs> If it's like, what do I, how do I route a letter and I understand how to route the letter and they didn't watch all of it, less consequential. Yeah, that makes good sense. Mm -hmm. I like the, I still keep going back to the as short as possible, but as long as it needs to be. It, it also reminds me of that Mark Twain quote, something like, um, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have enough time. Yep. And uh, there's just, there is this point at which it's harder to get it shorter. Uh, I, I noticed like with my podcast, Engaging Leader, which is um, a lot of them are, are interviews and the shorter ones do get more downloads. And if I could work hard, you know, if I wanted to invest the time up front and really craft, you know, the, a great um, format or something, it, it, 
perhaps that would be helpful. But mostly I just have fun talking to people and I don't really want to do a five minute conversation or 10 minute. I want to go right. ahead and, you know, as long it, it usually they need to be 20 minutes or 40 minutes, whatever it needs to be, whatever is uh, most enjoyable and gets the right, you know, tips and so forth for the audience. Well, I think to, to, we'll we'll go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Cause I'm thinking about like, even like, you know, I've been thinking about the the structure of this show, right? Like, well, and and I think we probably, I'm probably over the next year, we'll probably pair it back to be a little bit more concise, but here's the thing that like, when we look at our goals, like I'm going to, if I go back to my sticky note here and the five M's, cause I'm going to apply what I'm learning today. You know, as I think about my, my mission is to help people to be successful uh, at creating visual content, learning about creating good, ultimately visual content. We And we haven't gotten there quite yet because that's the SV, the V is next, right? The visual piece. Um, I think about the members and they're going to, you know, we've got lots of different content we're providing. So someone's looking for a, how do I do this in Camtasia? We've got that covered elsewhere. But ultimately, when I put all these things together, I'm, I think about the exploratory conversations, the ways that we learn by the fact that we're having this conversation now versus maybe a very tightly scripted one, right? And I think that's, uh, hopefully our audience is finding this valuable, but I am, like if no, if no one else, if anyone listening to this isn't finding it valuable, I apologize. But it's super valuable for me um, because I'm, I'm starting to see these connections between the things that we do. And I think through the exploratory, there's room for exploratory conversations to your point, right? Like you could, we could have had a five minute conversation Describe the SVS model, right? And that could have mm-hmm. been the entire video. We could have said, what are the five M's? And, and we will cut out pieces of this into smaller chunks to share on social media. And those might be included. But uh, I think understanding if I'm maybe, and you can help me catch the vision here, maybe if there's something else I should be doing, but leaving space for communication to happen in a much more organic fashion. Like, yes, there's going to be the very strategic, I plan this, we are going to do this, this, and this, and that's the message versus there's room, I feel like for conversations or for, for videos to explore a little bit more. Now, you know, with pre-created media, like video, I think we have to be like, if we were, this was just a recording, maybe cut out the stuff that's not as great or cut out the pieces that were too side tangential or whatever. But uh, I think for a live show, which this is, it's, this seems to be like, for me, it's at least a very valuable aspect of, of communication. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and part of what's happening is you're building a relationship with the audience. Um, you're, you're helping them, you know, use the, use your tools better, make their work lives and outcomes better, but you're also building a relationship with them and the supporting their, um, loyalty, if you will, with TechSmith and, and kind of creating a community. So, that's that's those are key outcomes. Absolutely. Well, because we're I'm keeping an eye on the time because we do have a finite amount of time. Let's talk about we, we started with the, the simple, uh, the SVS. Let's talk about the visual. What what goes into that category here? Yeah, thank you. There are three aspects to visual to keep in mind. The first is metaphors. The second is images. And the third is characters. So metaphors stimulate um, paradigms in people's brains and they set expectations. So what do we mean by metaphor? Well, we're talking about using an image or an analogy, or if, if you're, if it's a written or verbal communication, then you want to come up with a word picture, but um, you're doing something that associates 
with something that's that's already familiar to the audience. Our, our brains tend to be, um, let's call them lazy, and we tend to fall back on things that we're already familiar with. There's a, a sort of a mental inertia that goes on. And so we, if we can help people make a connection with something they're already familiar with, it speeds up the process of learning and adopting and agreeing with like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, it resonates with me. So uh, an, an example would be, um, and I'll, I'll ask you to show this uh, sample video. It's, it's a two-minute video. We don't have, we could just show even the first 30 seconds just to give you an example of an analogy that is telling the story. Yeah. Any, any prep you want to set the scene for before I show it? Anything we need to know? Sure. Yeah. This is a, a large company, global company. And um, like everybody else during COVID, mental wellness has become a big issue lots more stress affecting people. And so they have beefed up some of their wellness, their mental wellness um, offerings and tools for employees, one of which is their employee assistance program. And so nowadays uh, you can not only by phone connect with an actual counselor, but you can do it by video. And it's a free service. And they um, found at most companies, there's like five or only five or 10% of employees have been taking advantage of a resource like that, but it's super helpful. And so we needed to get help people be aware of it, but also get okay with the idea of reaching out for assistance in the area of mental health. Cause it's kind of, there's a stigma attached to it. And I don't want people to think I'm weak or crazy or that, you know, I'm, I'm incompetent um, or they can't trust me anymore as an employee. So sort of normalizing it, like this is something we're all going through. And so, we used uh, this metaphor of being stuck, um, having to navigate through and get um, escape from a jungle island if you were shipwrecked on a jungle island. All right. Well, let's check it out right now. We all experience it sometimes. Life gets complicated and it feels like you've been shipwrecked on a jungle island filled with obstacles. You're alone isolated. Things feel a bit scary because you don't have much control over the situation. Visibility is low and you're not sure what type of challenge will be coming at you next. Everything feels uncertain, so you feel like you need to be ready for anything. Anyone can feel overwhelmed in this situation. Maybe you feel tired, restless, burned out, or hopeless. Maybe you feel irritable and your relationships are suffering. You might have physical symptoms, like stomach troubles or headaches. But you're not alone on the Jungle Island. Owens Corning offers the Employee Assistance Program through Beacon Health. Feeling relief can be as easy as talking to someone. Through the EAP, you can talk, completely confidentially, to a professional counselor about relationship issues, substance abuse. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I love it. And, uh, you know, I feel bad for the coconut because I thought it was going to get thrown and smashed. <laughs> uh, but but I love it. You know, it, it makes a lot of sense that, that metaphor, you're using something people can relate to that is, it's, it's not the direct like, oh, are you... You know, because I've heard those messages, are you feeling struggling at work or blah, blah, blah. And this way, at least it takes maybe some of that, like the stigma away, it feels like, or a little of the, the edge of like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with anything right now. But now you brought a little bit of color. You brought some things that kind of like, like instantly, oh, I get it. Yeah, I feel, I kind of feel like I'm on an island. I'm alone. I, I need help. 
Yeah. And the other thing, so you got this, the, the main metaphor is being on an island and alone, and but then, no, oh, but you're not alone. And then there's like a, a smaller symbol inside there, which is the coconut actually represents whatever the issue is. And um, sort of a subtler, it's a subtler symbol in that the pro- you're not the problem. Like, you know, you just have these issues and everybody has issues. It doesn't mean there's a problem with you. And so if, if you can have a little bit of objectivity and say, okay, you know, issues come and go. I just need a little bit of help to deal with this issue. Uh, I, I feel a lot more, have some confidence in, in myself and in the ability to take advantage of these resources and like, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get through this together. Might, might need, just need some help though. Yeah. So, so, so I love that the use, use metaphor, use, uh, I think you said characters and then images, which uh, that video does a great job with all, all those pieces, right? Like, cause I can see myself, even though it was a stick figure, that was a great thing. Even though it was a stick figure, I could relate, you know, someone could relate to that as, oh, that's me. Or the, uh, you know, the images, of course, there's the child care centipede or the other challenges coming across. So really, really great example. Okay, yeah. so we've we've got simple, we've got visual, and we got the the second S, which is story. Which I think I'm guessing right. we just saw some story in there too, right? That's right. Yeah, story has three components to keep in mind. One is connection, one is entertainment, and one is action. So the first thing is uh, connection, um, and what I mean by connection is connecting with people's heads and with their hearts. A story make something real. This is an issue affecting real people. It's not just an issue from management. So with that EAP video, it's kind of obvious there's real people that have these these types of issues with childcare and so forth. Um, so it's not just, you know, it could have been a message from on high, you know, hey, the big wigs around here notice that only 5% of people are taking advantage of the EAP. Do you realize how much we spend on this EAP? Do you realize, you know, we just go off, but we're, we're saying that looking at it from the aspect of real life people and a story does that. And a po- I mean, any story does that. It doesn't even have to be a great story, but a powerful story actually creates an emotional bond. So people are more likely to be willing to be open or even motivated to change. So like another example of that would be, we had a, a company that was, um, you know, back there used to, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but used to be people could smoke at work and, and use tobacco products at work. And then, you know, the thing time started to change. And so we're, there was a, a, a company that we were helping implement that. And in their particular environment, it was a big change. Um, and it just didn't feel anyway, people had some strong emotions about it. Um, and then over. T- so you couldn't smoke at work anymore. And then also, it's not even very healthy to be smoking tobacco outside of work. So we really would just encourage you to be completely tobacco free. So uh, that was obviously an evolution over time. And we used stories from people from executives all the way down to frontline employees who were willing to just share their own journeys of used to use tobacco. Uh, This is what brought me to the point where I decided I wanted to make a change. And this is how I did it. My the way way it worked for me won't work for everybody. But this is this is what worked for me. And um, people opened up to that. Again, it's very different than just a company saying, hey, no more tobacco or else. Yeah, I can imagine if uh, a company did come down and say, we're paying a lot for this benefit, you better start taking, that that motivates no one, right? Like that's actually probably going to push people to be like, well, geez, that's not not a great way to do this. So I love that. And I think, um, you know, I 
we've talked about, I've talked about story in a, a number of places, but I love the, the, that you're, you said it doesn't have to be a great story. Obviously, there's better stories for de- better times and better outcomes. But I think just even using that that way to connect with someone, right? We we connect with people, we connect with ideas, we connect with those things. So I, I love that idea of using uh, story to to motivate, and I, I imagine that works across a lot of different messages. Are, are there times when when like you'd be like? Guess what? Story is not the way to go. There's stay away from story. And any instances like that, or is you like story kind of always in the back pocket, ready to to pull yeah. out? Well, I, I would say there's always a narrative, even if it's not a specific. Typically, a story is going to have specific people doing specific things and having specific feelings. So you know, actual characters, actual plot, um, and you don't always have to have a specific character but there needs to be a flow and a narrative that people can digest in a certain way that that makes some emotional connections and um you know movie makers know this uh and but so so basically it is easiest if you can just think though of what are specific people doing specific things having specific feelings where it doesn't make sense is if you're going to spend you know five minutes telling a story that really was only worth a 30 second point. And, and sometimes it's just, a, it's just, you know, five words. Um, this came up. And so I did that and just because you gotta, you gotta be cautious. Uh, I, I have definitely <laughs> been known to lose my patience with someone telling a story, but because I, I'm not sure that, you know, it's like, what is the point? I get to the point a little quicker. <laughs> And he may have done that th- about three times during this interview. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I have maybe I've probably been the one that should have cut my story a little bit quicker in this interview. <laughs> no, no, this has been all all really good. Uh, you know, we've covered a we've covered a lot of ground, and I, I you know, I think uh, I just want to say for our audience, so much good stuff here. If you can just take it and apply it to whatever you're doing, whether it's images or video or whatever your message is. But I'm guessing we've scratched the tip of the iceberg here, Jesse, how, how would one go about learning more about these concepts and ideas? Uh, if they, if they found something here that they said, Oh, that was really good, but they want to dig in some more. What, what would you recommend? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Well, you know, some of the little buzzwords that I've thrown out there are, are not things I made up. So there, you know, definitely feel free to Google things like the empathy map and stakeholder analysis and so forth. But a lot of them, um, I've talked about on my podcast or on my website. Um, so I have two websites. One is our, our, our company's website, and that is workforcecommunication.com. And again, we're a team of consultants and creatives. Uh, we serve midsize and large employers, primarily helping people attract top talent, um, engage their employees, and then achieve business results. Um, but so, you, but even if you're not a midsize or large employer, we put all that content on the website as well to, to share those models. So th- those are those are out there. And then my podcast is Engaging Leader, and um, that's my guests and I. We're sharing tips just like these to help people communicate and engage and lead. And um, you can listen to that at engagingleader.com, as well as on Apple Podcast and Spotify and nearly all other podcast apps. All the places. So when they're looking up the visual lounge, go ahead and look up Engaging Leader and just subscribe to both. That makes it easy for both of us. That's yes, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so, so Jesse, and we've got about two minutes and I want to give you the kind of a, a chance for a final take here. Kind of final, what's your final last advice 
that you would give to the audience uh, that are listening to or watching the Visual Lounge about communicating, whether it's remotely or just communication in general? Yeah, I think it's to honor the power of communication, to recognize that we are always communicating, whether we're doing it, the question is, are we doing it intentionally or not? And that the people who are improving the world today, they're not just communicators, they're not just leaders, but they're actually engagers. They are thoughtfully thinking about how can we influence, how can we take advantage of this opportunity when we interact with people for good and to meet, you know, what's our mission? Just getting back to what, what's the mission? Um, am I making the most of that opportunity? And uh, just being intentional with those moments of communication and influence. So that's where I would end, end on. Now, that is awesome. And thank you for all of your advice today. Uh, you know, I, I, I do take notes usually d during shows, but nothing like today. I've got multiple stickies. Uh, this has been really great. I've got some things to think about how I'm going to communicate better. But we want to thank Jesse Leahy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for all your advice. And stay warm. He's in. The, you're in the upper part of Michigan, the lower peninsula, not the upper, upper part of Michigan. But we know it's cold and snowy. So we hope you stay safe up there. Yep. I saw a pretty good picture story yesterday. Someone showed a picture. The picture was a snowy road and the tagline was, yep, we finally got all our potholes filled just like that. <laughs> <laughs> the roads are smooth now. <laughs> oh, so pure Michigan. So pure Michigan. Yes, that's my <laughs> <All right>. world. <laughs> Jesse, thank you so much once again. Everybody go check out Jesse's website, workforcecommunication.com. Check out his podcast. Great information. This is the kind of stuff that if you think about your the videos you're making, this this applies to what you're doing and it applies to the training, it applies to the documentation, it applies to the marketing content that you're making. If you're doing internal videos, it, it is it seems so foundational and fundamental, but why it seems so simple, these are the things that make the difference between good communications and difficult or not good communications. And if you apply these things, I know that as I'm going to, it's gonna make your videos better. Thank you again to our guest, Jesse Leahy. Leahy sorry. Uh, he is got so much good information. I took so many good things away from it. I hope you did too. And whatever you're doing, whether you're making tutorials, training videos, marketing videos, you're making technical documentation, we hope that you spend a little bit of time every single day leveling up so that you can get better at doing these things. So thanks for joining us in the Visual Lounge. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>